Free game. What's good, bro? Welcome to another episode of the Free Game Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Don. This week, we're talking about the automotive customs industry with Max Monroe, who's been in the industry over 10 years. Without further ado, let's hop right into it. Max, can you give my listeners a quick intro into who you are and what you do? Yeah, what's going on? This is uh, Max Monroe. Um, I am the owner for... Uh, Extraordinary Creations out of North Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, we go by X Creations 501 for short, you know, if you want to reach us on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. And so I've had an opportunity to kind of watch you grow within your business, within your industry. Um, and I know personally, I know that you didn't just wake up one day and just roll out the bed and you walked into a shop and you owned the shop and you were the one painting the cars and stuff like that. You give my audience, the listeners, kind of a quick overview of how you got to where you are today as a business owner. So basically, uh, where I started, uh, I guess, kind of out of high school, um, I guess I was kind of thrown into the the Arkansas car scene, you know, just picking it up and noticing little things. And I'm like, you know, this would be something cool to, to get into. You know, how could I get into it? And one of the things that crossed my mind was, being the guy that could paint the cars, you know, that are driving around. Uh, so I, I actually decided to, you know, figure out a way to get in school for it. And they actually had a program out here. So I took off that way. And then I told myself while I was in school, I was like, I don't think this is something that I would want to do um, as an hourly job under, you know, a company. I think it's something that I'd be, I'd do better just, owning it myself or you know having business partners or something like that so from there I just uh, after school I kind of looked into just getting a shop and getting it going gotcha and that makes sense I know growing up like growing up in the inner city and usually you know, any any metroplex you kind of see the old school cars a lot and stuff like that so that makes sense when you said you were seeing these cars come through and you kind of wanted to figure out a way to get in the industry um and you said something that's kind of I think that of a lot of us, obviously entrepreneurs, we have that in us where it's like, I don't really want to work for nobody. Um, I'd rather do it myself. What were some of the steps you kind of took when you were looking into getting a shop? Because I know that's kind of the hardest piece when you're kind of um, getting started in any industry with trying to find a location. What's some of the things you did or some of the resources you tapped into to kind of find a shop and to figure out if you were actually getting into a shop that um, would would serve your your um your customer base so really on on my end i i kind of got lucky um around the time that i was in school there was a shop that i had visited um there's a, a painter there at the time that i you know i used to ask questions to or whatever uh just so happened when i got out of school the shop came open because he moved out of it and i was like you know what let me just try to jump on this the the rent there was cheap it was something I could affordable. I could build clientele while I was there. Um, may have been may have may have been out of the way for some people, but as time time went past, people started coming out, you know, and uh, you know, let me do do the work to their cars. So um, it wasn't a whole bunch of you know me getting out researching or just looking for a building, looking for a building, looking for a building. So uh, that one kind of just it, it just kind of went with the timeline, I guess. Yeah. And that makes sense. It kind of sounds like you you already had somebody in your network that was active in the industry 
um, or whatnot. So it kind of fell into your lap because you already had the network. You kind of had a network that you were building. Um, and how could you like, what's some things that you were doing while you were in school to build your network or to find that? I don't know if you would classify him as a mentor or not, but to find a resource even like him that's already in the industry. So uh, I actually ended up, I guess, meeting that painter simply because of the group of friends that I hung around, they were all going to him for the paint jobs. And it, it, that is kind of one of the reasons why I got in school also is because I asked him, you know, about painting a car of mine, uh, trying to get a price on it. And I just noticed the the pricing changes, you know, every time I would ask, you know, maybe two or three times and they would change. And I'm like, okay, I want to know why this price never stays the same. So of course, you know, going into uh, school, you start figuring out all the the things that you you need to actually do a paint job or whatever, you know, materials and stuff like that. And when you actually go by the first time, you're like, okay, something don't add up here. And then, you know, after a while you get into it and you start to realize, you know, what costs what and, um, you know, why certain prices are like this and why it's always changing. Gotcha. And that makes sense. Um, it's going back, kind of reversing back to school. What was that like? Um, I guess like timeline wise, how long did it take you to complete the, uh, the coursework for that? Uh, what was it like? Did you have to go like to an internship once you got done with school? Can you kind of shed light on kind of the timeline, the amount of, um, credit hours and, um, if there wasn't like an apprenticeship or anything like that on the back end? Yeah. So school, school for me was, was great. I mean, it, it was, it, it definitely wasn't what, uh, what most people would explain. Well, actually, actually it was a lot of people will tell you when you go to college, you know, you kind of got to get the teachers to teach you what you want to learn or show them that you actually want to learn. Uh, I ended up in a class that had a bunch of students in it and I don't know, there probably was a handful that actually finished the class. Um, the class was actually, uh, two semesters long. So it, it didn't really take too long to get through. Um, and right off the bat, I kind of was just like, you know, underneath the teacher, you know, I, I started him off with, you know, some crazy things like, Hey, can we put Lambo doors on, on, on my truck? And he was like, yeah, you buy them, you can do them. I don't think he really thought I was going to buy them. And I think from that point, then he knew okay, whatever this guy says or whatever he asks me to do is probably going to be some serious. Like, we're really going to do it. So, you know, that was the – that was the, I think that was the point where it was like, okay, here's one that wants to learn. And uh, I actually have a really good relationship still with the teacher. Um, but he, he doesn't teach at the school anymore. He's actually in the shop. I run into him every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And he's always giving me pointers of, you know, what's new or what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, and that's uh, good. I'll go go ahead. Did you have more? Uh, no. Okay, but yeah, that's good. It sounds like you kind of you're already a kind of a you're wired to be a self starter already. Um, and it sounds like you were already ready to learn. And like they say, I I don't know if you ever heard the the saying, but they say when a student's ready to learn, the teacher appears. And it sounds like you took advantage of that teacher. Um, being there and like most like you were saying like most people they go to school just to get the grade but you actually went to school to learn um, so you were able to get the information that you wanted and start actually taking some action while you were in school um, and I think that's great I think that's something that 
a lot of people can take something from because no matter what the industry is, um, that's something that you can definitely take a lesson from and apply to. Um, what's a common myth about your job or your industry that you think people like got wrong that you, um, that kind of irks you in some ways. I know that there's always something that somebody might think that goes on in your industry that doesn't happen. Um, whether it be customers or just people in general, is there something like that that goes on in your industry? So I, I don't think there's a, a common myth in the, uh, the automotive industry or the custom automotive industry. There's always the, I guess you can say the group of customers that, that believe, Hey, I can drop my car off today and it's going to be ready tomorrow. Like they, they <laughs> believe that we work so much magic that we make stuff happen in, in minutes when it's like, Hey, you're, you're paying for five to $10,000 worth of work. You know, you want this touch, that touch, this touch, man, this is going to take time. Like, you know, some people, they think a car that they've dug up out of a barn that's rusted from top to bottom is going to be done within a month and they should already have it in their minds. Hey, this may take a year or two, you know, mm -hmm. if you want to, you know, like, like you, like it's supposed to. So, you know, you, it's, it's, it's a term I use all the time and, and I, I kind of hate using it, but you get what you pay for and yeah. you have to be patient for it. So. Yeah. yeah. And that, that definitely makes sense. Cause I know me, like even in the house industry, when we're doing renovations, I definitely, um, gain more respect for my contractors because going into it it's like you might think this is supposed to take this long because you see on tv like for instance those shows that we used to watch growing up um i forget the one with exhibit forgot the name of it but like those cars yeah put my ride yeah, right. like the cars is getting done and it, like on tv it looks like it's getting done quick but if you really looked at the timeline it really was taking some good time um right what would you say on average it is a job is from start to finish for someone in your industry or for you specifically. And it, it just, it, it really depends on the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, starting, starting off, I was getting a bunch of just your everyday vehicles you see on the road. Like, Oh, I just want to make this look newer or make this look better. Or I got a fender bender, you know, stuff like that. I mean, we were knocking out pretty fast and that's kind of the reason why I built up clientele. I mean, we were doing, you know, cheap jobs within a day or two. And then it got into the point where, you know, the the guys with older school, with older cars and things like that, that they actually wanted to put in car shows or whatever, they were wanting more, uh, more in-depth uh, jobs. So, the, of course, the time started taking more. And then, of course, the, uh, the jobs that we were taking as quick jobs, we were like, yeah, we can't really take those because we got these right here in the way. So, it it just depends on, on what I'm working on. Uh, I mean, these days I'm really not even touching anything that takes me less than a week or two. So. Gotcha. And is that just because of the, um, well, why is that? I guess I could ask you. So mainly now, uh, I, I've basically been doing this, I would say over 10 years now. And I've gotten to the point where I don't like letting stuff leave my shop a certain way. So you have your, you have certain customers that want to bring you a vehicle and, Oh, I want to change the color, but I don't want to, I'm not really worried about you painting inside the doors and the trunk or whatnot. So I'm like, yeah, I can't really touch that. Cause it looks horrible when you go somewhere, you open it like, Oh, there who painted this and you open the door and it's a different <laughs> color. So, and they're like, yeah, I definitely don't want to go there. They don't do this. They don't do that. So I'm, I'm got it now. I've got it down now to where 
I'm pricing you for this included and it's included in the time. So that's why it's taking a little bit more time. Yeah. And that makes sense. I remember back in the day, I was trying to get a job for make uh, a paint job done at Mako. And I had told my cousin about it. And he was like, are they going to do the, the door jams and stuff like that, too? And I had no idea what he's talking about. But you basically just uh, kind of stated is it kind of shows the quality of that shop. Um, and it shows that they're taking an extra step to make sure everything is consistent around the car. Because the last thing you want, I'm assuming, is a customer pulling up to like a, a car show. They pop the trunk. The trunk's a whole different color. They got the doors open and the doors aren't matching the exterior paint. Um, so it sounds, it sounds like you're kind of more concerned about your quality than doing the quantity of cars. Would that be accurate? right and I, I i've seen that so many times and it's just like oh that looks horrible like oh did i do that no i didn't do that car that's not me <laughs> so <laughs> yeah but and that makes sense um i guess what kind of reflecting on that what's an important lesson that you learned over the course of being in, in your industry um i i would say the biggest lesson that i've learned is Ooh. I guess actually spending the money for the quality tools mm -hmm. like you know I, I, starting off I had this mindset of I'm gonna save money by buying this cheap paint gun that you know is, is kind of just like a throwaway I'd use it one or two times and I'll go get another one instead of me going ahead and spending you know, a couple hundred dollars and getting the paint gun that's going to last me a while and actually do quality work. I mean, over the years, I've switched so many paint guns and I'm to the point now where I've got a set that is just like, where have you been all my life? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but yeah. yeah, just spend it, just actually spending the money to, to get quality tools that'll get the job done right the first time. And the quality of the work is so much better. Yeah. And man, that's crazy because it's like you don't really realize that when you're starting off on something like you when you start in a business or you start in any career or anything like that, you always think about how you can save money. But like you mm -hmm. said, when you spend the money on the quality, um, you saving time on the on the back end because you're not having to buy new equipment every every uh every two jobs. You're not having to. And I'm sure that new guns that you have, it probably knocks a job out quicker than the old guns might have. Um. I think that comes with growth and that comes with being in, in the business so long. So um, definitely kudos to you. I mean, for kind of figuring that out. Um, and um, what, what are some of the tools that somebody would need, like getting into this industry? If you had a starter pack, what would you go into and grab if you was restarting in this industry? So, well, to start off for one, I, I, I would have paid attention in school when, uh, well, not paid attention. I would have took the advice in school when I was told to buy a certain uh, starting starter kit for basically beginners or someone just getting into the industry. Um, actually, from a company called the Velvis, they they give you a kit that has the perfect paint gun, the perfect primer gun, and a perfect touch up gun, and they last you a while and they put out quality work instead of me going to buy cheap stuff. You know, stuff like that and, you know, getting a, a, a decent uh, toolbox with all the tools in it, put a lock on it so nobody touches it because the 10 millimeter always comes up missing. <laughs> uh, 
you know, just just little stuff like that. You know, the the everyday tools like you have to actually sit down and you can almost take your vehicle that you have uh, and look at it and say, hey, what do I need to do to actually get this vehicle prepped and ready for paint? Like what tools do I need? I know I need a, a sander to sand it. I know I need a certain sandpaper to, uh, to sand it. I know I need tape and paper to mask it. I know I need my paint guns when I get ready to paint it, you know, just yeah. stuff like that. So. Gotcha. And that makes sense. Um, so let's say I got the tools now. I want to open up my own shop. What are some of the things that you kind of look to or look for? Cause I know you, you recently just moved into a new building, didn't you? Uh, kind of sort of, I've actually been in this building for, uh, two years. Actually, we just, uh, uh, Resigned the lease here for another. So, okay. yeah, we've been here about two years now. Okay. So, what's some of the things you kind of look to when you're looking at a new building, or um, or yeah, just when you're looking at a new building, what's some of the things you look for? Like, are there certain temperatures the building must get to, or is there certain things the building must have? I know this industry, you have to be specific so the paint could dry and stuff like that. Um, so what's some, some right. quick tips on that? Right. So, um basically off of you know where you're at i guess state wise or where you're actually doing the work at i mean i know you know with me being in arkansas the temperature is always weird like it could be 80 degrees one day and snowing the next so you you got to kind of be prepared you know the way that i'm set up is um i've got it in my mind that every day is going to be somewhere around between 50 and 70 degrees but you know i play it safe and if it's freezing cold outside i have uh jet heaters or whatever so i can heat the building up um normally when you're when you're painting you want to keep it somewhere in the range between 65 to i'd say maybe 80 degrees just to be on the safe side i i was one of the students that didn't believe if it was freezing cold outside or freezing cold in the building that your clear coat would start running immediately and <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had some some work for myself uh but yeah you definitely want to keep it uh at a at a good temperature uh usually warm um for anybody that goes into the actual school program to do it you'll probably get the experience of real high dollar paint booth that's going to have heaters in it and the heaters are so hot when you go in you're like yeah i'm coming out of this paint suit so you know <laughs> i mean yeah they get hot <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. Um, and what's like, say, for instance, you got a nephew or a cousin that's looking to get in the industry. What's some of the steps you would give them or recommend them, like whether it be a specific school or a specific program to look into um, and stuff like that? So as as far as programs, I me personally, I I don't know. Um, I feel like if I could go back and do it again and, and were to skip. Uh, school programs I would actually just say go find a local shop that's like not Mako or something like that something that's actually local local or um, locally owned by somebody and just see if they're looking for uh, someone to help out in the shop like even if it's just cleaning up you know that's that's a lot of times that's where you just you pick up knowledge I mean you're cleaning up and you're you're also observing at the same time and after a while somebody in there that is going to notice that you're observing and they're going to ask you, Hey, you want to try this? 
or you want to try this and then you start picking it up and people start to realize hey hey you may have you may have some talent here you know let's see if we can move you up to do this and do that um i actually had the pleasure to have my nephew out with me last summer in the shop and you know he he learned a few things you know i let him get behind the the paint gun a little bit and stand on a few cars you know just cuz i know he he likes to to deal with cars so i mean i i think anybody that has a passion or any kind of interest in vehicles would probably make it pretty easily in a shop. I mean, it's just all about finding your lane in it. I mean, it doesn't always have to be picking up a paint gun to paint. You may be the person that comes in and you're just the bomb at doing body work. I mean, me personally, I hate doing body work. <laughs> so, Yeah. And that's a good point. I mean, most people don't realize that, you can kind of fall into some stuff in the industry and in these industry just by getting a, getting around the industry. Um, so that's a good pointer. Um, looking back, I know you said fresh out of school, you went and got your own shop and started working uh, for yourself. Looking back, did you think you would have took that same advice that you just gave and kind of went into work for a shop just so you can get that experience under your belt? Or would you do it exactly how you currently um, had did it? So the the cheating answer would be I definitely would have probably skipped school simply because of the fact when I when I actually got the chance to talk to the the painter that I ran into before school, he asked me, he's like, man, why didn't you just come to the shop and, you know, ask me, you know, how to do this stuff? I would have showed you. And I was like, you mean tell me I could have skipped a, a semester of school? I mean, or two semesters of school and just, you know, learned your ways? Because, I mean, it, he was good to me. So, you know, me learning from him. I probably still would have ended up the same way that I am now. So, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I mean, that's another thing. Like if you're, if you're looking to get into this industry, you got to always have, you know, the ability to learn, be able to learn more. Um, like when I first started off, I, I didn't realize that the guys that had shops that were, I guess you can say older, you know, maybe 40s, 50s would actually stop by just to, you know, check and see, you know, hey, what's you know, what's going on at this shop? And they would always give pointers of, you know, hey, check this out or, you know, change this on your your uh, air compressor or get you a bigger air compressor, you know, just the little things that would actually help me. I, I always thought that all these shops around here were in competition with each other, like, oh, this person hates that person, net, net, net. But, you know, it's, it's just always how it seemed. But there's actually a lot of shops out here that will go back and forth with uh with tips and helping each other out you know here and there so yeah and i think a lot of people don't realize that um even on the outside looking in is that once you get to a certain point and i think personally this is what i think um happens once you get to a certain point of success or even clientele or um, financially you kind of realize that people that do the same thing as you they aren't they aren't competition and you can help them grow and you guys can grow together and I think that's basically what you kind of just explained with the shops in the area. Um, so that's pretty dope to hear. Um, and I know you said you guys are, what's the population down there um, where you're at in Arkansas? Mm, just a rough I, have no, <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Uh, uh, judging, judging by uh, places I've been, I, I say recently cities that I've been, of course I've, just came back from Vegas, uh, been to Dallas and mm -hmm. uh, mainly Orlando. So actually those would be my three cities. If I wanted to open up another shop, I'd try okay. to look into, uh, 
comparing population, uh, Little Rock area is way smaller. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, that's what I that's what uh, I assumed. How how are you able to build a clientele? Because I see like on your Instagram, on your Facebook, you always busy. You pushing. I was just looking at your video a few days ago from 2022. You pushed out a bunch of vehicles. How are you able to build a clientele and keep that clientele coming back? So it, the the clientele thing is is it's kind of kind of weird for me. Uh, like it, it started off mainly everything I was doing was was Central Arkansas, and I don't know what it was or what happened, but there was this thing where people from Southern Arkansas, like Texarkana, Magnolia, Prescott area, um, maybe a little bit of uh, Northern Texas, they just started hit me up and I and I don't know if it was a thing of promotions off of Facebook they were seeing the ads or you know I did somebody's car and just didn't know they were from there but it's like if I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for southern Arkansas like that I've just done so many cars and talked to so many people from there that is crazy and I mean like now I'm to the point where um another big help has been like the car group uh CVB I do a lot of work for them um matter of fact they're one of their members is probably the furthest that's come to me she's came from pennsylvania to get a car done and i'm actually oh, wow. working on her second vehicle with us now so um it, it's just the clientele part's just crazy yeah so and that's good because i know I've, I've seen you like i've been seeing you grow over time and just to see like the ones you pushing out now it's like crazy um is there like would you say you would recommend anybody getting in the industry to join the car groups and stuff like that or to look for local car groups as another way to try to build clientele? So I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't try to talk anybody to join in a car group. I mean, it, it, it'd probably be a good thing to, well, I, I would say try to be around as much car culture as possible. So like my thing for this year is try to, to try to make as many car shows as I can. Um, I have a personal project I, I'm putting together myself that I want to take with me, but I've just got a list of car shows that I'm going to go to or try to go to uh, this year. Um, and when you're in certain places or whatever, just, you know, reach out to people that may be in a car, uh, car club or may have a shop and, you know, just see, you know, just to see uh, the actual car scene. Cause just, just, just seeing the car scene period, It'll give you ideas of, you know, new things to do or, you know, seeing stuff that somebody else has done may create an idea for you. So, I mean. Yeah. And that makes sense. It's just like being a, a, an athlete. You want to stay around your sport. Um, or if you're trying to be an athlete, you want to get around a sport. Just so you keep your, you kind of can network and you can keep your name relevant if you are relevant um, and stuff like that. So that's a good point. Um is there something that you wish you knew about that industry, the car industry, going into it? Um, maybe not something that I wish I knew. Probably mm -hmm. the way that I that I started. Um, so recently, I actually started getting into uh, buying and selling. I kind of wish I would have jumped into that um, a little bit earlier uh, in my years. Mm -hmm. Um mainly because the, the, the work is a lot easier and a lot, lot less hectic. Um, mainly you're buying vehicles and fixing them and selling them. So you're not 
you don't have somebody's vehicle for X amount of time and they're constantly reaching out to you. Oh, is it done? Is it done? It's like, you know, you don't have to deal with a customer until they're ready to come buy a car. So, uh, yeah. you know, outside of, outside of that, I mean, it's just the, I guess it's the little stuff outside of paint, paint and body that, that move a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That um, makes, that makes I, a lot I wish of I would have jumped into her. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense too. Um, what's some of the roles, I guess, at your shop or at most shops? Um, I know you re- you mentioned earlier that you might have a body guy, you might have a guy who paints. What are some of the roles um, within a body shop or within the automotive custom so, shop? I'm sorry. Uh, so basically, you can you can break it down however you want your shop to run. Um, when I went in or when I started, I had this this ultimate goal of having this one-stop shop. Um, my teacher told me it was a bad idea, of course. And there have been times where I've looked at it where it was a bad idea. But you can always, if you have the facilities to do it, um, like last year, I had it to the point where I had a guy that was a mechanic, I had a guy that was doing upholstery, and I had a team of maybe four, yeah, it was four, that were doing prep for vehicles. So, as prep guys, they were tearing the vehicles apart, sanding, uh, masking and taping, putting them together, you know, just the stuff that they could do here and there. And then of course, myself doing the painting, uh, the poster guy doing, you know, his sewing and upholstery work and mechanic guy doing his mechanics, you know, from there we put it back together and, you know, get it out the door. Yeah. And that makes sense. Um, definitely with the, the, prep guys because you if your specialty is painting cars you don't want to be dealing with okay now i'm slowing myself down by having to take the car apart or whatnot um so that's a good that's a good kind of breakdown of what the shop looks like um and now we've kind of we've reached the end of the podcast what's some free game that you like to leave my audience with it could be something that deals with the industry or it could be something on a personal level i mean i i think anybody that's that's just looking to go into business or you know really almost anything in life you know you just got to always be willing to have an open mind to be able to listen to somebody when they're trying to give you you know advice or you know tips here and there uh it's always helped me to be able to be uh to be the person that's that's teachable like even if i feel like i'm at my best right now always leave the door open to learn something new because you never know where it, where it may take you. Yeah. And that's heavy. I think everybody, everybody could be to do better and everybody will be better if they're always coachable. So that's a good point. Um, and last, if there's somebody who's looking to get in the industry or somebody who might have some questions for you or somebody that might even want to send you a vehicle, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Uh, right now, the best way to, you know, reach out is usually through Facebook or Instagram. Like I said, you can, um, you can find us at, uh, X creations, five, zero one, uh, creations is with a K. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook, uh, just by my name, Max Monroe, you know, I'm always willing to uh, answer questions and of course give quotes to get appointments. If you want to get a vehicle done, you know, just reach out and let me know. Free game. Thanks for tapping in to another episode of the Free Game Friday podcast. If you haven't already, please like this episode, subscribe to our podcast, and share it with a friend. Thanks, be blessed, catch y'all next week. Free Game. Free Game.